Hey, hey, this is Allie, and welcome to the Allie Worthington Show. It's where we gather, learn, share our stories, and have a great time. Every week, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know, who I like, and I respect, and I want to learn something from. And after we have that discussion, we are going to have coaching time. So I'm going to be answering your questions about life, about faith, and about business. Welcome to the show today. I'm with my friend Carlos Whitaker, writer, all around great guy, and who I think is the king of Instagram stories. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to him about his latest project, Inner Wild. You know how much I love hearing stories of what's happened in someone's life to bring about a message of a book. Because let me tell you, crazy stuff happens and it gets all, you know, gelled together and we figure out how to explain it and we figure out how to teach it in a book. And I love that process. I love hearing like, okay, what's the real deal? What was going on? How did you know this was your message? Really, really exciting stuff. And Carlos just, he is such a win on the show. I've had him on the show before. You guys loved him. I'm excited to have him back. It's going to be such a good one. And after we talk to him today, I'm answering two questions, one about life and one about faith. The life question is, Someone said, I recently parted ways with my best friend of 10 years. How do I grieve someone well who isn't actually dead? That's a tough one. And then I've been there. The faith question this week is, if a Christian commits suicide, will they still go to heaven? Big questions, but you know I don't shy away from the hard ones. I'm going to dive into it. But I wanted to let you know that the 2020 Women in Leadership Coaching Group is now open. You know, my friend Jenny Katrin and I host it every year. Normally, we host it on location in Wisconsin where we all gather together for two days and then we have five months of coaching time for a six-month program. Obviously, we're not all gathering in Wisconsin this summer because of travel and everything else going on, so we moved it virtual. If you are a leader in business or ministry, a church or a nonprofit, and you want to be in community with other female leaders, Jenny and I will have you covered and we'll do it in a virtual way. So the coaching group is a six-month experience and it's going to help you and your organization thrive and navigate challenges and lead with confidence. The, we really changed it up this year to go, okay, what are we facing? How do we face this well? How do we have confidence to lead? How do we overcome the fear that can slow us down as leaders? How do we make sure that we can overcome the unique challenges we're facing for businesses? How do we how do we get people in our, if it's retail, our place of business? How do we lead our people well? How do we navigate the challenges of bringing people back into the office? For so many church leaders, what does it look like to bring people back? How do we plan for the future? How do we make the necessary adjustments? These are the conversations that people are having. This is why it's important not just to learn from Jenny and I, but to be in a community of women where you're coming together and saying, this is how we're doing it at my organization. This is how we're doing this. And you can find the women who know what you're going through, who've been what you're been through what you're going through, or maybe have before and can lead the way through it. Coaching and community, those two things are a key to success. Coaching on its own, very important. Community on its own, very important. But when you put them together, there's magic there. So the way it's going to work is during the first month, we're going to have two full days of mastermind level coaching. This will be virtual. We'll all be gathering together from home. Then for the next five months, just like we do normally, we have ongoing coaching and learning in a private group. And Jenny and I do coaching calls every month with you. So I would love for you to be a part. If you are a leader, if you are leading in any type of organization, we would love to have you there. The thing is, this group is limited and it's going to fill up quickly. I'm going to send out the link in the show notes, but you can go if you want to find out right now, go to Get Foresight, so G-E-T, number four, S-I-G-H-T dot com. And you'll see right there on the front page, it's the Women in Leadership Coaching Intensive. So it's getforesight.com, Women in Leadership Coaching Intensive. We would love to have you there. Okay, I'm so excited for today's show. Without further ado, here's my friend Carlos. Carlos, I mean, only only God knew that when you release I, what I feel like is the most important message of your life, we would not only be in the middle of a pandemic, but we're in the middle of, <laughs> of of people waking up to racial injustice. And I was teasing you before we started recording 
from your Instagram stories, you're everyone's yeah. like safe black friend to process That's me. with. And you, I've told you before, you have my favorite Instagram stories of anybody, <laughs> anybody, anybody. But man, you are working uh, overtime to use those stories for good these days. How how are you doing? I am. Oh, thanks for asking, Allie. And uh, I'm good. You know, I, I feel like I'm I'm taking the responsibility that I feel has um, been placed upon me for such a time as this um, very seriously. I, gosh, Allie, like, like you know, my Instagram account, people follow me because, you know, honestly, like I'm fun and they love to watch my family. And, you know, I like to make people laugh and, um, and I'll make people think, you know, every once in a while, like I, I don't hide from hard things, but I definitely don't sit on the hard things for as long as I've been sitting on this hard thing. And I just, I just feel like, like the Lord has grown, possibly my wife has told me the other day, has grown my platform to the place where it is for these two weeks that we've been in right now. I, I feel like I've gained the trust of kind of the white evangelical community. They've all had me in their churches. They've all laughed at my stories, cried at my stories, bought my books. And um, I've been a safe place for them to uh, process a lot of questions that maybe they, they've been scared to ask somewhere else. Maybe they don't want to be judged. And so I'm trying to be that place. And what's beautiful, Ali, is, you know, I'm seeing, I mean, just this morning, I got a, I got a DM from a lady in tears and she, she had the, the last three days sent me kind of videos uh, refuting my points. <laughs> right. So Lovely. she's, she's sending, she's sending me like videos like, well, what about this black person that's saying everything that you're saying is wrong. Uh, and so like, you know, so, what I've realized is that, that this is like gardening. Like I'm not going to, I got to plant the seed, then I got to water it, then I got to watch it grow. So I'm, this isn't, these aren't overnight conversations, but today she sent me uh, this DM that said, I finally got it after watching your video yesterday. And I am so sorry. And she was confessing and I've, I've, I've seen my own racial biasness and it's just, that's it. That's why I'm doing this. And, um, and I think you can't, People aren't going to change unless you have the conversation in grace. And so that's why I'm trying to have it. Well, it's so good. I mean, yeah. I'm sure these are going to be up on your story highlights forever. All the great work. Yeah. Oh, doing. yeah. Yeah. Instagram needs to remove the limit to story highlights. Oh, do they have a limit? I'd say I don't even know. Oh, there's a there. limit. I think it's 100. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I only know because of my movie reviews. Not quite yeah. world changing, but, you know, <laughs> what I do. Hey, your movie reviews. <laughs> your movie reviews. I need to let you know the Whitaker family uh, picks our movies based on your movie reviews. I literally will, will, will be like, Hey, Allie watched this movie and her son and her son said it was this, we should go see it. And we go see it based on what you guys do. So you're, you're doing the work. Y'all are the best. And if, <laughs> if I ever don't re review a movie, it means it stinks okay. or, it's so or it's good. rated R and I can't handle all the hate that I'm going to yes. get back on Instagram for going to yes. see it. Like I reviewed a star is born and the whole world exploded. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Bless it. I'm going to give you access to my DMs so that you can um, you, you can feel better about yours. So oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm so excited about the new book. Like I said, I feel like this is the most important message that you've ever put out in the world. I, I can't wait to talk to authors and go, okay, what all was God doing in your life? Yeah. What did you go through? Like, how did this bring about? So a little bit of like behind the scenes talk. Did you know going into writing this one, I feel compelled to bring this message to life? Or was it just, I'm just going to obey God step by step and see what comes out of it? Yeah, you know, I think that with this one, um, I did kind of have a, have an idea that this was was the, the message that I needed to tell. Um, I don't think, though, until I was halfway through it, did I realize how bad I needed to tell it? You know, you know I mean, you know, as an author, as you're, you're writing a book, you, you know, you're, you're really writing it for yourself. Like you're, you know, you're, it's, it's pen to paper and you are, you know, exfoliating your soul and just, just letting it out there. And halfway through, I realized, oh, this may be just like you said, the, the work, like the work, like I thought kill the spider was going to be kind of my message for my life. And I think it always will be like a strong message of, of breaking agreements. But this one, this one's a more holistic approach to finding freedom as opposed to just, um, I think Kill a Spider was very specific to sin issue. Um, enter wild is enter rest, enter war, enter wild. Hear from God. Once you hear from God, take what he's told you and go into war. 
against it with him on your side. Once you go into war, then you can step into miracle signs and wonders and abundance in the wild that he has for you. And gosh, I mean, now, you know, this book is coming out June 16th. It is, as we're recording this podcast, June the 5th. And we're in the midst of what I feel like is the season where, I mean, the, the subtitle of the book is Exchange Your Mild and Mundane Faith for Life with an Uncontainable God. I just feel like Christians right now, if there's ever been a time to leave mild and to risk being judged and to risk having people disagree with you and to risk it all for the sake of the gospel, right now is the time we've got to be getting wild. Right now is not the time that we have to be getting mild and safe and protecting ourselves. Right now is the time that we have to shout from the rooftops and um, and do all of do live into the the fullness that God has for us. He did. He's not called us to just this mild faith. And so, Ali, it is, man. It, it is the uh, the cry of my heart right now. Um, I think that what I'm looking at, because this book is so important to me, is I think all my other books from here on out will probably be offshoots of messages from this book because everything's in it, right? Like everything, everything that I so totally believe can take a believer from uh, living life at 50% to living life to the full uh, is in this book. So good. Now you talked about when you were talking about the three parts, inner rest, inner war, and inner wild. I'm all about the inner war part yeah. of it. Can you kind of walk us through some of the some of the things that you learned when you were walking through life and learning these lessons? Yeah, man. So <clears throat> when, you know, I, I've done a lot of, even before I wrote this book, a lot of heart work, a lot of hard and heart work. Um, with therapy and experiential therapy and all the things that I, that I thought I needed to do in order to get better. Um, and, and I, and I felt like I got better and through all of that hard work, it was, you know, I, I, you, we look back at our, at like life when we're like the most traumatized and life when we're, when we are in the deepest pits of our despair. And when we look back at those things and you get like 60% better, I mean, 60% better as opposed to 0% feels like 100. It does. Like mm -hmm. like when we get, you know, 60% better from everything, we feel good. And I felt like when I started looking at my life, I looked back at when my life was like total hell and chaos. And then after I even wrote Kill the Spire and I've been to therapy and I've been eating right and exercising and doing all the things I needed to do, I felt like, oh, I feel good. But then I realized this isn't life to the full. This isn't life with abundance that John 10, 10 is talking about. And so I just started questioning like, well, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to wait until I get to heaven to experience miracle signs and wonders. Maybe I'm supposed to wait until I get to heaven to experience this abundance that he's talking about. And the truth is, is that we're not supposed to become a Christian and then just wait for heaven. How many Christians are doing that? We're supposed to become a Christian and bring heaven. And so it was honestly through a lot of my wife's work watching, you know, she would never, honestly, at the very beginning of writing this book, I asked if she would co-author it with me because I felt like everything I learned in the book, I was learning six months after she learned it. You know, I was, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch her and I'm like, man, that like, that's crazy. I don't know, man. My wife seems kind of crazy now. And then I just kind of through her just doing it every day in front of me. I was like, oh, I think I could do this. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that, um, you know, you said that you love the enter war part, but there's two other sections. Uh, well, not that, that you don't love the other two sections, but a lot of people are like, <laughs> let's go to war, right? Let, yeah. let, like, let's do it. Um, but the problem with that is that so many Christians forget that you can't go to war against something that's not clear. You can't go to war against something that, that hasn't been described. You can't go to war against something that the Lord hasn't told you. And so it's so important. And this was the hardest part for me, too, because I wrote Kill the Spider, which is all about the war. And then I realized, oh, there's a whole step before that we've got to get into. And so that's the whole enter rest part. And rest is not defined in this book as vacation. Rest is not defined in this book as, as like lowering your blood pressure. Although, I mean, that may happen. Rest in this book is defined as, as lowering the volume of life so that the volume of God goes up. And for me, for uh, you probably, for people that are high achieving, go-getters, let's roll up our sleeves and get things done. It is the hardest thing to make sure that we are entering rest, not, not just like, you know, two weeks a year, but every single day, we've got to lower the volume of life so the volume of God goes up. So I spend the entire first section of this book, which I was really worried about, um, honestly, when I was first writing this book, like, are people, you know, 
are people gonna like like do this because i know they want to get to the war part and the freedom part and the wild part but are people going to do this and you know i talk about the practice of daily prayer i talk about the practice of um of stillness i talk about the practice of asking god specific questions i talk about the practice of hearing from god and and i'm telling you it is the most important step if you want to find freedom you've got to first hear from god so that's what the whole first you know kind of section of the book is about and it's um it's it's something that you know it could have been its own book in and of itself but and it, maybe it will be one day for me um but and there's a lot of people that are beginning to talk about it about rest and you know john mark Comer, the ruthless elimination of hurry um there, there's a lot of books that are coming out that people are like oh my gosh i'm so stressed out and yes again we got to remember that the purpose of rest isn't to rest but it is to hear god clearly and i think when we slow down i think that our faith will be accelerated it's so good. I really love the story of you having that that first experience of having God speak back to you in a in such a clear way. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. How through through you learning these things and, and going through everything that you've gone through and writing this book, how have you learned to identify when God is speaking to you and when Carlos is speaking to you? Yeah, that's great. I think that um uh, I, I think what we have to do, especially when you're learning, um, I, I think I'm getting to the place now where I'm not questioning as much. Um, I, I think what inevitably happens when we begin to do this is we, when you begin to ask God specific questions and he starts to give you specific answers, what we inevitably do is we, we begin to edit the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, don't edit the Holy Spirit. We edit the Holy Spirit. Don't edit the Holy Spirit because we, we've got to trust that that the voice of the Holy Spirit is is loud. You know, um, he is he is loud. And I think, again, as we're, we're lowering the volume of life, as I lowered the volume of life, the more clear it became. Now, it's not A plus B equals C. Like the book's not going to be like, this is how you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You do this, then you do this, and then you're going to hear it. Um, you know, <laughs> I we, yeah, I wish it was that good. <laughs> you know, we, we this is why we have the word of God. I, t I tell people, you know, before you start just asking specific questions and and sitting cross-legged with your thumbs and your index fingers put together and your eyes closed, waiting to hear, you know, some some sound from above, the word of God is living and active. And so the first way that you're going to hear from God, the first way that you're going to begin to um, decipher his voice is you're going to open the word and the word is living, it's active and it's speaking. And so the word of God is going to speak to you. And so I think for me, when when I hear something and I get confused, I just go to the word. And if it matches the word, then I then I go with it. And you know, we're not always going to hear right. We're not always going to hear correctly. Um, and you have to give yourself grace for that. Um, and so, you know, there, there's definitely different ways that you can check. You check with people that you have trust with. You check with the word of God. You ask other people to pray for you. Um, and and you're going to hear. And you're going to hear clearly. That, and that that's the thing that I want people to get is like, this isn't. I'm not trying to get you to like a place where you know maybe you're feeling small nudges here or there i'm i'm telling you like i'm i'm at a place now where i mean i'm praying specifically for like a, god should i go left or right god should i go north or south god like you know should i take the 8 30 a.m flight or the 10 30 a.m flight like those are the questions now that i'm asking because i've gotten to a place where i can hear them so clearly um that those small decisions in my day are now becoming big moments in my day because I'm actually allowing God to speak into those moments. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. good. Okay. I can only imagine how this journey that you've been on the past few years really almost prepared you for your life falling apart last year yeah. when Sahelia got sick. Do you want to yeah. share that story? Yeah. You know, um, I, I wrote this book, turned it in, did my edits, uh, turned it in again, and then my daughter got sick and then Sohela ends up in Vanderbilt University Medical Center for 21 days, undiagnosed. Nobody, she's in the worst pain she's ever been in. Doctors can't figure it out. And, you know, I have struggled with anxiety my entire adult life. Um, and I, I, as you'll read in the book, I did, I did the hard work and the hard work before Sohela went into the hospital to really find full and lasting freedom from that anxiety. Now, the fact that my daughter was in the hospital, doctors didn't know what was wrong. They told us it was cancer. They found a tumor, all these things. And I still had this 
crazy piece that I know I would have never had two years prior had I not really found true healing, which you'll find in the interwar section of the book. Mm-hmm. I, I realized like, like this, this is where I, I get to practice what I preach. This is where I get to actually see if everything I've said in this book, put it to the test in the midst of the worst trauma and trial my family or myself have ever been through and see if it holds up. And to be honest, I was scared. Like, like that first moment that the doctor came in, looked at us and said, she's got a mass in her chest. We're going to probably start chemotherapy tomorrow, sending you to the oncology floor. That was a moment where I had to choose. Am I going to just unravel and go back to the, the Carlos that was really relying and placing all his hope on the natural? Or am I going to look myself in the eyes, square, square in the eyes in the mirror and step into putting my hope in the supernatural? And there was a, there was a clear decision. I'll never forget. I ran to the bathroom when the doctor told us that news. I dry heaved in the toilet for a second. I splashed some water on my face. I looked myself in the mirror and I made that decision. I said, no. I'm not speaking death over my daughter. I'm not speaking the lies of the enemy over my daughter. The the doctor may be giving us facts, but he's not he's not giving us uh, what the truth of the word says. And so, th- you know what? This can end up in a thousand different directions. I don't know what's going to happen with her, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to step into everything I just wrote about in this book, Entering Wild. I'm going to not play it safe. I'm going to um, to pray the promise. I'm going to do all the things, and let's see what happens. And I'll I'll tell you what. I think the the beautiful thing that came out of the story is, um, you know, my my daughter, she's out of the hospital. She's still healing. We're still trying to get her all the way back better. But like her body was healed and it's still being healed. But th- I don't think that that was the the point of entering wild. I, I don't think that her healing necessarily for me was um, was the point, because if she had not been healed, if she had not walked out of that hospital, I still believe, because I saw it happen, that in the midst of my darkest days, in the midst of, of all the, I mean, it was, Ali, you watched it on, on my Instagram. It was gutting it, to see her in that much pain for that, that long. In the midst of those days, I had a peace inside of me. I had a sh- uh, this, just this Zoe life to the full inside of me that could not be shattered by the enemy. And that is what I'm talking about. Enter wild um, life to the full, uh, life with abundance isn't talking about planes, trains, and cash. It's talking about when you are in the depths of your despair, you will have that abundance. You will have that fullness even in your darkest seasons because we will all go through dark seasons. Um, you will you will pray the promises and things won't turn out the way you wanted them to. But I promise in those dark seasons, you will have life to the full, you will have abundance, and you will have wild. Oh, so good. And she is, she's doing great now. She's still healing. Yep. Um, yep. She's yeah, still healing. An update. <clears throat> yeah. So she's, um, you know, she ended up with the diagnosis of histoplasmosis. Uh, but here's the, here's the deal. This is, um, which is, which is like a fungus that grows in your, in your chest. Um, you know, this was in November and actually every single symptom she had was like 100% COVID. Oh. Like it, it looks just like it. Like when I go back and I look, and so, you know, the doctors kept saying she's got histoplasmosis with the side of bacterial pneumonia. And that's why she was so bad because she had the one thing, but then she had the bacterial pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never really said what the bacterial pneumonia was. They, they were like, we don't know what it was. And they, they kept saying that we can't find it. We can't find it. Um, so uh, we're actually going back to the hospital in two weeks because her, her healing is kind of stalled. She's probably at like 60%. She gets really tired. She can't walk very far. Um, and so we're going back to continue, you know, the work of her healing, uh, medically speaking. Um, but, you know, honestly, we're going to, we're going to get some tests done to see if she's got these, you know, COVID antibodies. And if that's the case, then I'm pretty convinced that she may have even had that during, uh, while she had the histoplasmosis. So, you know, there's, um, you know, there's various, there's various things that we've got to figure out, but at the end of the day, um, we, our entire family, her as well. I mean, her faith through this entire journey has been mind blowing. She teaches me, you know, what, what it looks like to have, you know, strong faith. And she's, um, yeah, she's better. She's out. She's already taken a trip, you know, pre COVID, um, to Utah to visit some friends by herself with her sister. And, um, she's living her best 18 year old life. And so, you know, we just continue to ask for people to pray, uh, because we're believing for her full healing. 
and it's not here yet, but we're believing it's coming. I think I've got it in one of my highlights in my Insta story. When she was in, it was like day 14, they just did a surgery on her lungs and uh, she's in the worst pain. And, you know, she's she's starts humming because she can't sing because it hurts so bad. And we listen to it and we're trying to figure out what she's humming. And then we realize that here she is, the worst pain of her life, and she's humming, I'm going to see a victory by Elevation Worship. We put it on. She starts crying. We were crying in the room. And I'm sitting here going, this is what I'm talking about. This is the beauty that comes from the ashes. This is um, this is where the Lord is forming her. And I mean, I just, she's, she's, she's going to shake the world. It's going to be awesome. I'm crying just hearing the story again. Cause you know, I <laughs> yeah. watched it when I have. Oh today. yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh uh, yeah. Now you mentioned when you were in those really dark days with her and Vanderbilt, not knowing what was going to happen, that you decided that you were going to pray the promise. Yeah. You want to go into what praying the promise means? Yeah. Yeah. So what what I and this was just through doing research for this book, what I realized when I it just hit me when I was reading the Gospels and I read a couple other um, um, small works that some people have written like the 1800s. I realized that every single time that we see Jesus praying in scripture, he's only praying the promises of God, like he's all only praying the intended outcome. He's never praying the problem. And that that like shook my my faith, my prayer life, because how many of our prayer life uh, of our prayer lives have been filled with woe is me um i know for me it was when i struggled with anxiety it was like lord i'm so anxious lord i'm so depressed lord when is when is this anxiety going to leave me because i'm so and then when i look at how jesus prayed he didn't pray that way so suddenly what i decided to do was to change the way i pray because everything that the, what the enemy wants us to do is to say his words over and over and a lot of us don't realize it but we're making packs and agreements with the enemy while we're freaking praying to God. Okay. And so when we can, when we can start flipping the script, when we can start praying the promises of God, you open up scripture for every trial and tribulation and pain point that you're going through in your life right now, there is a specific scripture that con contradicts that pain and, and, and will, I think, accelerate you. Not, not, I think I know will accelerate you to a place of healing that maybe your own words in your prayer have been keeping you from. So again, anxiety, someone starting struggling with anxiety. Suddenly my prayer went from Lord, my anxiety is so bad. My, um, you know, I'm so depressed. I, you know, I'm so anxious. I'll never get out of this too. I am the body of Christ. Satan has no power over me. I overcome me with good. I'm of God. I will overcome him. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I will fear no evil. For you are with me, Lord, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. I'm far from oppression. Fear does not come near me. No weapon for me against me shall prosper. My righteousness is of the Lord. Like the scripture, the more you're in the word, the more the word is going to be in you. And the more the word is going to come out of you as you're praying. And so now I've, I've been like so into finding scripture that contradicts the lies the enemy is speaking over my life that now they fly out of me. And I mean, even right now, when I was just like those four scriptures that I just shared right now, like I feel stronger already. Mm -hmm. I'm not even struggling. I like, I just, like I feel fired up already because yeah. like the truth of the word of God is is going, the promise of the word of God is going to accelerate your healing. The promises of the word of God. So when I say pray the promise, I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying that there's not moments where we, we can moan like David moaned, that we can groan that like David groaned. But I'm saying that if we look at Jesus, Okay, if we look at the life of the person that we're supposedly placing all our faith and trust into, the way the man prayed was he prayed, it, he prayed the promises, he prayed God's language over his life, and you know, um, it's just changed everything for me, Allie. Like it's changed um, not only my prayer life, but it changed the, the way my family prays. It changes the way I pray for other people, um, and it, and I'll be I'll be honest with your listeners, it's a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning. When you want to pray and complain, it uh, trust me, like it's it's uncomfortable. But the more you do it, the more fire is going to be in you, the more scripture is going to be in you, um, and the more you know, the more healing. I I honestly believe you're going to see. Amen. I, I'm like I said, I got fired up just listening to you mention those scriptures. Yeah, right. See, yeah, it's the promises, the promises, the mm -hmm. promises. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so we've kind of gone through inner rest, inner war. Walk us through inner wild. Wild, right? This is this is the the part where we're you know you and I both joke about our Bapticostalness <laughs> comes out. Um, you know, I um, I, I say in the book I think somewhere that that I've been living in the land of sin management 
for my entire life. Um, and, and you know what? Sin management is fine. Like it's, you know, I think that, that there's, there's things we've got to do to um, practices we can put in place to make sure our sins don't get the best of us. But what I didn't realize what that, was that there was another land that I was missing, this land of miracles, signs, and wonders, um, this land of hearing from God, seeing the miraculous happen, not only like miraculous, like, oh, Lord, heal Sohela's body and watch him heal her body, not, oh, Lord, you know, turn that that mass that they think is a tumor into an infection and watch that happen, which that did happen, but small, tiny, itty-bitty miracles throughout your mundane day are going to like accelerate you into this wild space. And so in the book, when I get to the wild part, you know, this is, this, this is where you want to be living. This is where um, I think a lot of believers are, you know, they're a little skeptical that, that this can happen. You know, I, I think um, when you read the Great Commission, for my whole life growing up Baptist, I heard the Great Commission as, go ye therefore, take the gospel into all the world, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And that, that was it. But, but the, the problem is that wasn't it. Like Jesus kept going, talking to his disciples in that same paragraph, saying that you will speak in new tongues, you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Like all of these things that I wasn't taught. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I tell a story at the beginning of, of the book when I was a little kid in my little Baptist Sunday school, um, where, you know, they were telling, uh, I think my Sunday school teacher was showing us the miracle of um, that Jesus about feeding 5,000 with the fish. And I just remember believing that, well, Jesus can do it. Why can't I? Like I've got him in me. And I just remember going home and like putting two fish sticks on my transformer Tupperware plate and in the eighties clutching my f- and pr- my hands and praying as hard as I could for those fish sticks to go from two to three. And I remember how disappointed I was when it didn't happen. But wh- why I told that story was because I had so much faith as a five or six year old that I had th- the miracle signs and wonders and the, the authority that Jesus has left us in his Holy Spirit. I just took the Bible as at face value then. And then what ends up happening is you get older and trauma happens and you just get so mundane that we forget um, what Jesus has promised us, this wild you know, side of things. And so I go in the book into just a few different stories um, as to how I've seen God um, show up in absolutely wild ways in my life. And so now those wild things, I mean, I can tell you it's every single day. It's every single day. It's, it's when we went deep sea fishing yesterday and Losiah hadn't caught a red snapper and I went inside and I, and you know, the Lord didn't have to do it if he didn't want to, but I walked inside and I'm like, Lord, just, just give him one red snapper. And if you can give him the biggest one, two minutes after I pray this, we've been out for eight hours, two minutes after I pray this, my son pulls in the biggest red snapper. Now, was that, that was, was that, uh, was that just, did I, was it good timing? I don't know. Sure. Maybe like I, I just happened to have good timing and somebody would call this a coincidence. But the crazy thing is, is my wife, she prayed with me. So I've got somebody else with me. Um, and also this has become normal. So it would be a coincidence if that kind of stuff just happened, um, like once every few months. But because I'm that specific with God every day, and I see him answer that specifically every day, my faith has gone from mild to wild. And so that's the wild I want people to get into. That's the wild that once you once you start to hear from God, you enter rest. Once you enter rest, you hear from God and he tells you what you got to fight against because you can't fight against something you don't know. Um, that's why you have to enter rest first. Now you're fighting, right? Now you do the battle, you enter war, you confess, reject, you replace, you do all the things in warfare that you've got to do. Once you defeat those things, now you're going to be in a headspace and a heart space to begin to ask God for crazy things in your life. And you're going to begin to see those things come to fruition. Well, one of my favorite things about having friends write books, because you know what's going on in the back of their lives. And this is something everybody knows because you put it on stories. I remember when you lost the tour. Yes. And how devastated you were when you lost the tour. Will you share that real quick? Yes. That's so funny. You know what's so funny is I forgot that I even put that on my Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that I I put that on there. It's funny because as soon as, and also as soon as COVID happened, and, you know, every everybody lost all their income from speaking engagements. Yeah. One of the first thing that popped into my head is, oh, I remember when Carlos lost the tour. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I did. I was, um, I was, again, this is, this is getting specific. Again, the reason why people don't get specific with God is because we're scared he won't answer. That is the number one reason why Christians don't ask God specifically for things. And not until we're in trial and trauma do we ask him specific things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and again, we got to remember that the, the only tactic the enemy has is he's a liar. That's all he's got. He can't touch you. He can't affect you, but he can lie to you. And when this happened, I, it was a couple of years ago. I was, um, again, I'm an author and I'm a speaker. So I get paid to write books and to travel and talk about them. I was going to be on this tour. I can't remember how long the tour was, maybe a month. Um, and that month of me going out on tour was going to provide our family income for like three months or something. I can't remember what it was. So I can't remember how far uh, before the tour was that it got canceled. And it, but when it got canceled, you know, this was maybe it was leaving in a week or a few days. I can't remember. But like as a speaker and an author, people aren't booking Ali, you and I to come in and speak next week. Like they're, no, you know, the, now yeah, are you getting, yeah, I'm, I'm getting booked for like fall of 21. Yep, <laughs> yes. Like that's, that's what, so like people, people come to find us so they can plan a year in advance. So yeah. they can plan a year and a half advance. So suddenly three months of income disappears in, and I've got, I've got nothing for the next month to feed my family and I'm freaking out and I don't know what to do. So, um, I do what, what, what I think every, you know, hardworking Christian would do. I rolled up my sleeves. I went to my laptop and I was about to, to like email every pastor I knew and be like, Hey, is there any way I'll, I'll come and talk to your vacation Bible school? I don't care what it is. Like I need to feed my kids. And, and I was about to send this email and, um, I just felt like God was like, just wait. And so I'm like, oh, and then my son comes up to me and he and his childlike faith was just like, he's like, dad, what's wrong? And I was like, well, I didn't want to explain it to him. I didn't want, you know, him to get stressed out about us not paying the mortgage. And, but I told him finally after he pressed and he said, well, have you prayed about it? Have you asked? No, not have you prayed about it. He actually said, have you asked God for the money back? (laughs) And I was like, I remember sitting here thinking, uh, well, no, like, I guess I haven't, but, and, and he's like, well, let's do it right now. And I just remember the like visceral reaction I had in the moment of, of like all of the blushed blood rushing to my head only because I was angry that I was about to disappoint my son with my prayer mm-hmm. only with the fact that my son was about to lose faith because I was about to ask God in front of him for all my income back that I lost. Um, and, and he was going to see it. And I, and, and I didn't know how to handle that. And so I just, I said, okay, buddy, let's go ahead and do it. And so I opened up my prayers or my, the promises again, praying the promise of um, financial blessing in my life. And I just started praying um, exactly these prayers, asking God that I have, that my poverty um, would, would turn to wealth, all of these things that I find in scripture. And I'm, I'm saying these things, but I'm half doubting them and I'm looking at him and he's believing him. And then I asked God at the very end, Lord, I specifically ask you to replace my income. And he's like, okay, amen. And he walked off, didn't even think twice about it. And I remember just feeling gutted, like, like he's going to ask me in a week. He's going to ask me in two weeks, like, you know, has, has, has he replaced the income? I'm going to have to tell him no. And Ali, I am um, <laughs> just as, as I, I was, I'm never a guy that had any of these stories before I started getting wild. Right. Like I never mm-hmm. did. You always hear about checks in the mail to people that, that, um, you know, and you're like, that can never happen to me. And, and so I'll just never forget that, um, I can't remember, it was a few hours later. I get a DM from a pastor friend of mine in, um, I won't won't even tell city because I don't want people to try to figure out who this was, but pastor friend of mine who he's like, hey, Carlos, I know this is a long shot, super long, long, long shot because I know you're booked, you know, out, but something just came up. What are the chances that you can come and speak at my church at all of our weekend services next weekend Next weekend, Allie, like the next weekend, I had not, I had not gotten the booking um, for like the next weekend, I don't know, in years. Mm-mm. And he's like, can you come next weekend? Um, and this is X amount of dollars that we love to gift you because, you know, and honor you because we know this is last second. Allie, it was, and I, I hate to even say this because people are going to roll their eyes and not believe it because I didn't used to not believe it when people would say things like this. It was exactly the amount of money that I had lost for the entire tour. So suddenly not only did God provide my income back for an entire tour that I was going to be gone for a month. Okay. I was going to be away from my family for a month, but he was allowing me to take my family with me for two days and get the same amount of money. The story doesn't end there. Okay. I sprint into Los room to wake him up because I'm freaking out. I'm like running around the basement going, Oh my God, he answered my prayer. Oh my God. he answered my prayer. So I run upstairs. I wake him up and he's like, 
yeah, he kind of shrugged his shoulders like, why are you freaking out? Why are you so excited? Um, because he just expected, there was an expectation in, in my son. And the craziest of crazy of crazy things is that night, this was, this is the chair, this is what God ends up doing with our prayers. That night, I got another text. I, I may have gotten it, may have seen it the next morning from another friend, get almost the same thing verbatim. Hey, I know this is last second. Something's come up. What are the chances you can come to our speak at our weekend services at, at this other church? And Allie, the Lord doubled the amount of money that I lost in 24 hours after I specifically asked him for it back. And I'm telling you what, like, like you can say this is coincidence until it's not. And it just, it just, when we get specific, he gets specific back to us. And I just, uh, I, I share that, that story in the book because that's the wild stuff I'm talking about. Well, and I, okay, because I was watching these stories because you, as a speaker, you really pay attention when, when yeah. someone's like, oh, the whole tour. You went on your stories crying. I did. So I grateful. did. I, mean, I was, so I like, was. So don't, even, if you're listening, you're like, I don't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was crying so grateful. I think. I think if you if you go to my highlights, it is in my highlights. Is it? Um, yeah, I think I'm actually gonna look for it while we're talking right now. If you go, if you scroll to the very end of my highlights, it's just called testimony with two dollar mm. bills. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's it's, the, it's actually the second highlight I ever put on my Insta, Instagram, so you can go see it there. That's so good. Those highlights save us. I know they do. Mm -hmm. They do. Well, so I good. like I said, I love the book. I love the message as a Baptocostal. I think it's amazing. I can't wait to see what God's mm -hmm. gonna do through it. Yeah, and yeah. Just proud of this book for you. Well done. Thank you, friend. Thank you, and thanks for sharing the message with all your people. Um, I just, I really appreciate it. That's so good. Okay. You know, I have fun questions for you. Here you go. Yep. Light yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Enneagram number. Nine. Mm, the peacemaker. That's me. That's me. I, I you know what? I, I don't, I, I think people get surprised by that because they're, they think I'm a seven. Um, that, that's, you know, the any assumers is what I call mm -hmm. them when they <laughs> just kind of see me uh, kind of live my life. But I think that, that this week is, is, has been mm -hmm. proof to me that I am a nine. I think yeah. that, that because I, it's what I want to see, you know, it's, it's the reconciliation and peace part is what I want to see. Yep. So good. What about a song that you have on repeat right now? Oh, um, probably Chris McClarney's, um, Valley. Oh, that's a new one for me. I haven't even heard. Oh my gosh. It is. It's the song that I started playing it during, um, Sohela's season in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's called Valley. Okay. And um, it it was speaking to my soul. So Valley by Chris McClarney is the song that I'm listening to. Nice. Okay. What about a movie or a TV show? TV show. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so embarrassing. But <laughs> I live with teenage daughters and they suck me into their shows. And there's a show on Netflix called Outer Banks that is the most teeny bopper, um, beach town, teenage drama that I am like hook, line, and sinker devouring okay that is embarrassing and so endearing all at the same time i am like i'm like i'm like i'm like guys one season two coming out like you know like let's let's get into it so like i i think the tv show is is that one and then the the last movie i saw was and i we just watched it as a family this way is the hate you give um which is again kind of a what i love about it it's like a teen film Teen, teen love story, mm -hmm. but all about uh, police brutality towards minorities and uh, black oppression. And it is a beautiful depiction. I, I, I challenge, you know, and I challenged a lot of my white um, followers a couple days ago to watch it because it's, a, again, I'm trying to be a safe place. It's a safe way for people to understand um, what racial bias can do. Now, I'm not even saying racism, like just racial bias, strong racial bias in um in the police system can do and so it's um it's an incredible movie the hate you give and yeah give it a shot so good i'll second that movie too what about a book that you've read and you recommend to other people one that you've read within the year <laughs> so um this isn't probably what you're asking for specifically i i i'm not like a big like um like i read my friends books but i'm not like a like a big book reader like of my own kind of books but i yeah. i am a novel guy and I read novels like I read one a week. Oh, and there's no a, way. On yeah. Audible or like hold no, the book no. and read it? No, I hold the book and read it. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, hold the hold the book for me. Because here's a little secret thing: is like I'm I'm like in the middle of my own novel, so like I'm actually like just a big novel geek. Like I love telling what? stories. What? Yes, what? yes. Surprise, everybody! <laughs> I'm working on one myself. It's not really a secret, but I haven't told anybody, so I guess it's not really not a secret now. Um, <laughs> and so, so I don't know if it'll ever be published. I may just print it out on my dot matrix printer at home and staple it and send it to my friends. Who knows? But I love telling stories. I love novels, and the the novel that was my most recent one that I read that blew my mind was it's called the silent patient. And if you like, if you like movies that at the very end, you're like, what yes. your mind just kind of gets blown the silent patient. And I heard that it's that they're making a film mm -hmm. already that they're making another movie because it's so good. So read the book, hurry before the movie comes out and ruins it for you. Okay. I, I will accept go. that challenge. Cause that sounds yeah. right. And I yeah. want one of those ghetto printed novels. Before yes. Come on. Officially. I mean, p half your listeners don't even know what I meant when I said dot matrix printer, <laughs> but just trust me, the, tr trust me. Like you have to use to like, like tear off the sides of the printer paper. Uh, they're perforated. So uh, that was back in the day. Yeah. It was, it was bad business, but it was all we had. It's all we had. So, okay, yeah. what about a thing or product that made you text a friend and tell them that you love this, it will change their life, and they have to have it? Honestly, it's it's this little um, – um, so I've got, I've got a MacBook, and I have all these, like, dongles hanging off the side of it because it – you know, there's only, like, two USB-C things. There's this dongle that is a magnet that attaches to the back of your screen what? that everything plugs into so that it's not hanging off the side. And so, like, if you ever – if you're a laptop user and you've got like, you know, your little adapters because you've got to put your SD card in or mm -hmm. you want to get more, you want to get regular USB. I used to have one on that, that would stick out the side of my MacBook that kept getting flimsy and it was flimsy and it would like, it would like, um, my, my hard drive would disconnect out of my external hard drive. There's this new little thing that I don't even know the name of it because I had a friend of mine send it and I told everyone about it that attaches to the, magnetically attaches to the back of my screen that I plug everything into and suddenly nothing else gets gets detached anymore and it's, it's the best okay that is amazing do you happen to remember the name if not we can research for it i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna you're gonna research it and because i'm actually gonna send you the guy the the friend of mine actually makes it it was like a kickstarter Ooh. thing okay and uh and so i'll, I'll send you the link for okay that. great and then we'll put it in our show notes fun yeah okay last big question what are you excited about these days oh my gosh i'm excited about all of the people that are realizing that they and their voice can literally shift racism in our country. I am so excited that I'm seeing people say things and get louder. And not only after two days, but just continuing to be loud, continuing to be loud. And so that's what excites me these days is that more people are listening, more people are doing, more people are marching, more people are doing what they need to do in order to make um, their voices heard. And I, I, I believe, I believe, and I read it somewhere else, um, somebody said uh, that like racism can end in 20 years um, if everybody begins to do, to take certain steps. And, you know, when you look at a kid, basically that's their entire um, childhood from mm -hmm. birth to adulthood. And if we can start together, and I feel like we're at the place now where, you know, um, education can shift and start helping these things. I believe that we can see it before I'm gone, we can see it eradicated. And um, I, I'm just excited. I'm just so, so, so excited. And again, um, to all the people that wanna just say, this is a sin issue, not a skin issue. I can tell you 100%, yes, it's a sin issue, but it's also a skin issue. We've gotta be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, we can't just pray racism away. We're gonna have to do the work. So that's, right. that's, that's what right. I'm excited about. That's I'm with you 100%. I love it. I yeah. was just telling somebody yesterday, with this next generation coming up, it can be over. Done. Yeah, it can be over. It can. Yeah, love it. Well, it has been awesome having you on the show, as always. I think you and your whole family, you guys are just amazing. And Aww. I'm excited about this book. I'm excited that it's going out in the world. It is such an important message that God has aligned for it to be out right now. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can pick up the book. Absolutely. Go to enterwild.com. Uh, you can get it from your favorite retailers there. I'm also going to, I haven't been able to do it yet, but hopefully by the time the book's out, I'm going to have a, like an e-course that people, I'll help okay. people kind of walk through a couple things in the book that gets a little complicated. Uh, they can get that there if they, um, 
um, if they buy the book, that'll be for free. And then you can follow me. You just want to follow me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I'm only on Twitter when I'm angry. Um, and so, so don't follow me on, on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. And I definitely am not on Facebook. I just can't do it. People are even angrier than I am on Twitter on Facebook. So Instagram, um, Instagram is, is Carlos's happy place at low sweat, L O S W H I T. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. You're the best. Isn't Carlos great? I'm giving away copies of his book. Just take a screenshot of the podcast while you're listening and share it on social media and tag us and you'll be entered to win a book. Okay, now it's time for the coaching segment of the show. My first question is a life question from Danielle who said, I recently parted ways with my best friend of 10 years. How do I grieve someone that isn't actually dead? This is so hard. I lost a close friend uh, about six years ago. And we never lived in the same city, so we relied on calls and texts and, you know, the internet to connect. And one day she just pulled away from me, and no matter what I did, I could tell she was done with me. It was very, very painful. Um, And there she was, still on my Instagram and my Facebook feed every day, but our friendship went from being close friends to people who just every once in a while like each other's posts. I never knew why. You know, there was never a we're not friends anymore conversation. There was never a, this is what you did that upset me. There was no closure, but it was absolutely heartbreaking to lose a friend like that. For me, the grieving process of losing that friendship looked a lot like the process of grieving a death because it really was, it was the death of a friendship. It was the death of a relationship with someone that I loved dearly. So I had to allow myself to be sad about it for a while. And and I was sad and I was frustrated that I never knew what I did to cause her not to want to not be friends with me anymore. It just seemed really unfair to not know. But then I moved into a stage of making peace with that new reality. And I began to appreciate the great memories we had. And I, I learned to look at that season of friendship as a gift, a gift that I had for a season. Eventually, after a couple of years, I was able to look back and see what I think my part was in the unraveling of the friendship, but I'll never know for sure because she's definitely not telling me. (laughs) So my advice is to allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to feel angry about it. It's normal and spend a lot of time in prayer and ask God to reveal to you what you need to know about the situation, what he wants you to know, what he wants you to know about the past and what he wants you to know about moving forward. And eventually you'll get to the point where you can wish them well. And as you work through those stages of grief or as you work through the disbelief that this even happened, you will get to that place where you wish them the best. We can't heal if we stay bitter and letting go of that hurt and bitterness takes time. You want to protect what you had with all the great memories with that person and protect your own heart. And that happens by wishing them well. And here's the thing that you may want to do you may want to mute them on social media so they won't pop up in your feed and trigger that feeling of loss. Unfollowing is still a bit harsh. If that person is still following you, you might not want to follow back because at least that follow is a way that maybe you can connect again in the future. So I think the mute button is a gift from above in these situations. You can mute someone and they'll never know. But if every time they come up in your feed, living life like normal, and you're going, I just can't believe we're not friends anymore, go ahead and mute them so you don't have to be reminded of it all the time. And I'm so sorry this happened to you. I know it's painful, but allow yourself to go through that process of healing. Go through those stages. It does take time, and it takes a lot of grace given to yourself. You want to be really, really good to yourself in this season. And my second question is a faith question from Grace who said, if a Christian commits suicide, will they still go to heaven? Um, Y'all are funny because you don't give me easy questions. Like, how do I have more quiet time every day? I get the hard ones. (laughs) I get the ones that could get me in trouble. Um, But here goes. I believe that, of course, people who commit suicide still go to heaven. If you're saved and you follow Jesus... Just because you do something before you die that isn't optimal, that misses the mark, does not mean you lose salvation. We just covered that topic at length a couple weeks ago. You you don't earn your salvation. You can't lose it. 
I mean, if you want an example, biblically, Samson actually did commit suicide when he brought that temple down on himself to kill everybody. And in Hebrews, Samson is still listed as a great hero of the faith. So it's an easy answer on this. Yes, absolutely, they will still go to heaven. I know there's some um, parts of the faith that believes that's not true, but I don't believe that there's any biblical basis of that. I believe that is that is a result of people making decisions for, for what they what they think, but there's no scriptural basis. I don't know if you lost someone that you loved to suicide, and if you have, and that person was in Christ in life, then you are going to see them again in heaven. I, I, I feel like I can say that for sure. And now it's time for recommendations, because as you know, makes me very sad. All new movies are on hold, at least for right now. I'm watching some of the classics that I've missed before. So the movie this week is a classic. It is The Dark Knight Rises. Many of you are film buffs. I hear from you every week. I get it. You're upset with me that somehow I missed this one. I get it. I know. I have seen The Dark Knight, but somehow I missed The Dark Knight Rises. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. And in kind of the, the director world, you can just bet anything from Christopher Nolan's going to be great. Side note, that's going to be, we think, the big movie this summer. Christopher Nolan has a movie coming out called Tenet, which looks amazing and confusing in classic Chris Nolan style. That's going to be the movie, hopefully, that brings everybody back to the movie theaters, which I can't wait for. But Dark Knight Rises, Christopher Nolan movie, so you know it's going to be great. And it lived up to all the hype. Now, if again, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you haven't seen the Christopher Nolan Batman movies with Christian Bale as Batman, watch The Dark Knight first, then watch The Dark Knight Rises. So good. I think I actually enjoyed The Dark Knight Rises more than The Dark Knight. Keith Ledger played the Joker in The Dark Knight and oh, it just what a what a disturbing performance that was. So I think I enjoyed The Dark Knight Rises a little bit better. I mean, they're dark movies. It's in the title but really phenomenal. And for recommendations for music this week, no new songs. So send me your recommendations on a DM on Instagram. I want to know what you're listening to because you guys always have great advice on what I should listen to. And I noticed a bunch of new reviews on Apple for the podcast. Thank you so much. That is how Apple decides to show my show to other people. So kind of in the the podcast Apple algorithm, it's really hard for people to discover a new podcast. And they discover it by, of course, how many listeners it has, but also how many new reviews you're getting. So thank you so much for the reviews. If you haven't left a review, please get on it. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare. Slap some stars on it. Say you like it. It doesn't have to be great. They don't care what it says. I mean, it's so funny. Um, I got all these reviews when I asked you guys last time where I was like, you can say I have a tail. Three or four of y'all said, you know, love the show. She's great. And but it's too bad about her tail. <laughs> and for a while, I was like, why are people talking about a tail? Did I did I make a joke about having a tail? And it just hit me like, oh, that's what I asked. Like, that was our code. So I figure you can say in your review that I have a tail. But I figure we could come up with something really funny this time. So maybe this time we could either mention a tale or you could say it's a shame about her second belly button. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. We might as well have some fun with it, but you don't have to. I'm just teasing. I mean, you can just say you like the show. Apple doesn't care what you say as long as you, you know, you don't say that I'm ugly and my mom dresses me funny. As long as you don't say that, it's fine. You know what? If you do say that on the review, it's fine because it's a review too. This is how important reviews are. So if you leave a review, take a screenshot of it, DM that to me on Instagram, and I will send you a video thank you back. Like that's how important it is to me. So take your review, take a picture of it once it's posted, send it to me on an Instagram message, and I will send you a video thank you. It's that important. And hopefully I'll remember the belly button joke this time. Unlike the tail joke from last time, I'm so ridiculous. I'm so glad that you're here. Seriously, I'm so glad that you listen every week. I am sitting here in my office with boxes around my table, with blankets over the boxes, and I am recording this for you. I do this because I believe in you. 
I believe in your dreams. I believe you're making an impact on this world for good. I believe that God created you to stand strong and to partner with him and do great things in this world. Whether that great thing in this world is fighting injustice or building a garden or adopting a child or breaking chains that have been unhealthy chains that have been in your family for generations, whatever it is, God has created you for it. And you are here listening to this podcast today because you are investing in yourself. You're growing in your wisdom. You're growing in your understanding of things and your spiritual health and your business acumen and your emotional understanding. And I love being a part of it. I hope that I get to be a small part of coaching you and equipping you in your journey. I'm happy to be a part of your week. I'll be back with you next Monday, and I hope you have a great day.